from FICPI. This is 30 Minutes of Marketing. We are your hosts. I'm Simba Dube. And I'm Mustafa Daoud. We are growth marketing buddies. Just like you, we hate fluff. We hate growth hacking. But we love sharing our marketing stories. The wins. The failures. And how we are planning to overcome them. We only talk about the stuff we've tried. Stuff that you can relate to. Because our marketers, most of us are just winging it. Yep, we are all building a plane while flying it. Hello, Simba. Hello, Mustafa. Hello, Khaled, and welcome. Hello, hello. Glad to be with you guys. Thank you. This is what you've been spending money into. So it's uh, <laughs> only fair that you <laughs> that you join us for one episode. I, I figured eventually I'll get a, I'll get an invitation. I was I was hoping for one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are these people doing? How you know? Like this is where we we exposed like the things we don't tell you. So oh, if you want to know more about what we do in our days, how do we spend them <laughs> not doing anything? This is, this is the right place to be. Not the stand up league. You never know. I might be watching all the time. You just never know. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. This, <laughs> this podcast is about transparency. So, if you wanna, <laughs> I'll, I'll, joke, I'll joke about something. So I, I, I have uh, my son Abdul Hamid. He is, as his uh, teacher says, he is scary smart. Very, you know. I mean, a whole other level. And I always tell him, like, I'm like Abdul Hamid. Whatever it is you might think of doing, you know, whatever scheme that comes to your mind, <laughs> you know, I probably have done it, and I've done it much better than you've ever done it before. Uh, so don't try it. Of course, he managed to uh, do better than me last week. We, we have, we're very restrictive when it comes to using cell phones. Abdelham is only 14. We're like, you know what? You don't mm-hmm. need to be on social media. You can't, like, we really watch. We're very careful with the cell phone. A few months ago, he lost his cell phone. So like after like, you know, like a while, we bought him a new cell phone and then his old cell phone appeared. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess you have, like, you know, I'll take the old cell phone and, you know, you get to use your new one. I discovered that this was a scheme that he had in the making for almost like in you know, 10 months where he hid the old cell phone, got me oh. get a new cell phone, <laughs> and then he got his hands on the old cell phone. Mm. Now I'm watching the new one, but he actually had activated the old one. I didn't want to tell him that because I'll, I, I eventually caught him, um, you know, and I'm like, you know what? What did I tell you, man? I will always, like, you know, I've done it. He's like, he just looks at me and he says, you know what? You guys didn't have cell phones growing up, so don't tell me you've done this before. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer. I'm like, just go to your room. So <laughs> long story. That so, was yeah. mm. That's interesting. Maybe we can te- tell Abhami to teach us how to be smart. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so we're not going to turn it into an episode of, uh, about Abdul Hamid, so we'll see what he does. <laughs> okay, so we've been doing this podcast for like, three this is our first episode which are gonna be going hard and going well mm. we have discussed our okrs but since we are here and you're hidden the company you have a different perspective than us and people want to know the, the perspective of the ceo on how things go and 
what's your reflection on quarter three? Because we had our own reflection on quarter three and we kind of like created ourselves. But when you hear it from your boss, it, it sounds differently. And I'm sure you have insights, you know, like that no one else has just, you know, like spicy, spicy. I know if I have spicy, spicy as much as <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting because for us, the last 12 months have been growth months. Um, and it's interesting because um, all throughout, we, we had a different philosophy than many other companies where um, typically most companies, they have the idea, oh, let's grow the team, let's make it larger, let's make it bigger. Uh, that's how you make it as an entrepreneur. We've taken a completely different perspective where we're like, you know what? It's fine. It's fun to have 10 to 12 people working. Um, you can probably you know, charge a bit more, be a bit more selective with working with clients. Um, and that has been our philosophy for running Invest. Now we added FigPi and, you know, we had this great idea, let's add FigPi into the mix. Um, and in the last 12 months, we've said, hey, we actually, since now we've added FigPi, we need to actually grow the business in order for us to be able to sustain both companies. Um, and for the most part, Investbiz was sustains FigPi and Investbiz clients as well sustains FigPi because you have lots of these enterprise clients who come to invest and they're the ones who also end up using FigPi and that helps correct but also comes at a, at a high cost so I would say the last 12 months have been interesting the last quarter has been also very interesting because the company grew by about 30 40 percent um, in, in revenue and it's also in, in head uh, in head count and it comes with this interesting challenges um, you you have to move from being an entrepreneur correct when you're small and you're managing seven to eight people into okay well this is an organization people join they want to see a path for their careers to grow something that i haven't thought about before in all honesty i'm like okay well you're with us you're learning you're improving but now okay here's your career path here's how you're going to be better Here's how we structure the team. Uh, here's how we do reporting. You guys have seen me like, talk about reporting quite a bit, and that's what I'm focused mm -hmm. on. Because with seven, eight people, I knew exactly what was going on in the company. You, you get to the point where you're like, okay, there's about 25 people in the company. And it's like, okay, I, I, I don't... I, the thing that I hate the most is asking a person what they worked on, but without that, I don't know what's going on. So we're adding lots of that automation, trying to figure things out. Um, we got to the point where we're like, you no, know, and, and that has always been the case, but even in the last quarter where we turned away loss of business for invest, where we said, you know what, we're not going to be able to take this project. We're not going to be able to take this project. That meant that our client delivery team had to grow, expand. And while that sounds like a lot of fun, um, it's a lot of headache, correct? Because guess what? Every time you add a new person, you have to train them. You have to make sure that they are a good fit. I would say they have to have the right skills and they have to have the, the, the skill, the will, and the culture fit. The three things, correct? Um, now, skills, I can teach you the skills. If you have the basics, I can teach you the skills. The will, are you willing to do what it takes? And, and sometimes client delivery is not very easy, by the way. And are you a good cultural fit? Because sometimes um, we've hired some amazing people but they were not a good culture fit for Invesp. Um, I'll give you an example. We're an agency and we're an agency that moves really, really fast. Um, and we hired some amazing people who came from the brand side. They're used to working for companies, but things are slower. Well, you come to Invesp and while, for example, we launch AP test, that's, that's what we focus on, correct? You're mm -hmm. used to launching, I don't know, one or two AB experiments a month and you come and client delivery and you're expected to launch 20 experiments per month it is shocking to a person's system not not to go from two to four no from two to 20 
Uh, and I could tell, and no matter how much you warn people about that, and you tell them, hey, this is a whole other level of moving fast. And when we move that fast, guess what? Sometimes people get sloppy and they make silly mistakes. No space for that because you're working with clients. We have to be perfect, which means we push very hard. We're very meticulous. So, you know, that, that, that was Q3 for me, kind of growing the team um, and all the pain that comes with it. Um, I'll finish with this and I'll let you ask me another question. But me and I had been recording a podcast talking about the journey. And she's she looks at me and she's like, okay, this is the fourth or fifth episode. And we just seem to be just talking about hiring people, training people, hiring people, training people, and the pain that comes with that. She's like, isn't that boring? I'm like, no. So almost like, you know, every week there's a new angle, something new that we're learning. So we'll see. I think that we have a lot more stability with the team. Um, and I think the team that we have right now is probably the team that's um, that will continue with us for the next few months. I don't think we'll be expanding further, at least on on investment side. So we'll see how it works out. Also with FigPi. Okay, nice. Uh, you you mentioned that in the last twelve months, you have like been growing by like thirty to forty percent. If you were to like handpick three things that worked for you, of course, you mentioned about moving fast. What are the other maybe three things that you can say these are the main? I, I tell you that there's some some lessons that I've known. Um, and then sometimes I ignore them and there, there are no shortcuts in business. So I'll, I'll tell you one lesson that I've learned. And Simba, you, you've seen this. Um, sometimes when we struggled at Invest, I thought that we had a sales problem. That's what I thought. I'm like, okay, we have an issue with sales. We need to figure this out. Yeah. The reality is we rarely had a sales problem. What we had is a marketing problem disguised as a sales problem. Um, so since we focused our attention on marketing and making sure that people know more about Invesp, uh, since we focused, and somebody you know this, we focused on LinkedIn and being on LinkedIn and being active on LinkedIn. And I think, by the way, we're probably, my guess, especially in the last few months, we're at 25% of the effort that we want to get to when it comes to LinkedIn, because that's where our community hangs out. That's where the people that we target hang out. Um, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, you know, sales sort of solved themselves out. Um, I think, you know, so just kind of really identifying the issue at hand and going, asking really deep questions about it and saying, you know, it's actually not sales because when companies talk to us, we close 80, 90% of those businesses. They qualify, correct? If they have the right, the right number of conversions, the right attitude, the right, like you know, lots of questions that we ask. Um, but our problem was people just were not aware of us. And I think still there's lots of people who are not aware of Invest. But I mean, if you've been in the industry for a long time, you, you know us. If you've done some research, you know us, but we can do a much better job. So focus on marketing, and I really kind of understand if you're facing a sales problem, is it a sales problem really, or is it a marketing problem? Uh, so that that's one thing. The other thing that's kind of, for me personally, kind of one of the lessons or like, you know, uh, things that I, I've learned as the company grow is knowing how to help people grow. Um, most of the time when it comes to marketing, I probably have done like you know things. I've done things since two thousand six, two thousand seven. Sometimes they failed. Sometimes they succeeded. It's kind of a mix. Um, and knowing that you've hired smart people and just letting them do sometimes the thinking and th- sometimes experiment and sometimes fail. Um, I mean, I, I see something and I think to myself like, well, this was a failure when I tried it myself back in two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. But then. 
it was just only maybe a single experiment. Maybe I didn't put the right time. Maybe I didn't have the right components. So when somebody comes to me with a, an idea, I'm like, yeah, go ahead and try it. And I'll sit and watch. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, hmm, well, that was, that was interesting. Um, that worked a lot better than I, than I anticipated. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's kind of like interesting to me, giving people the space to be able to run with things. Uh, that's kind of like, you know, an, an, an interesting, an interesting area. And then the third thing is maybe being cautious about my time and blocking certain blocks, you know, to where I can, instead of just managing people and constantly getting pulled in so many different directions, which is what September felt like <laughs> saying, you know what, I have four hours on Monday. I have four hours on, uh, on Tuesday. I have four hours on Friday where it's blocked on my calendar. No one is going to do anything with that time. That's time that I can focus on and I can produce really massively. Slack is turned off. Um, I don't take calls. I don't schedule meetings in, in that time. So that had helped me actually focus. Um, just kind of fun about, about growing. I think there was one week in September where I did about 100 interviews. I almost died that week. Um, <laughs> just I just saw, I felt like I wake up and I interview people. I go to sleep, I interview people. I was dreaming about interviewing people. <laughs> I don't plan on doing that anymore. Um, I handed that HR functionality to somebody on the team. So they'll do the initial. I think that's what they're doing right now. It's like they're doing a lot and a lot of interviews, but that saves me also kind of time and allows me, gives me the ability to focus and, and produce uh, certain things that the company needs me to produce. Nice. I've been stuck in some interviews. So, and it's been like two or three for, for one day. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I mean, imagine, you know, 100 interviews is, is, is a killer. And it's interesting to me because you can tell when somebody is experienced or when somebody is not experienced, correct? An experienced person knows what they want. They know the exact role that is a good fit for them. Now, they might want to transition, correct? They're like, hey, I have experience 10 years doing this, but I want to transition. I want to do that. Very few people are able to make that transition. If you've worked in something for about 10, 15 years, you're already set. You already know you have your own style of doing things. Um, it's usually the inexperienced person who has one or two years who's like, yeah, I can do this and I can do that. I can. I'm like, okay, well, listen, you know, you can't be doing a million things and you cannot, you can't, you're not an expert. So you only graduated from college two years ago. You're not an expert at demand gen and lead gen and PPC and email and social media. It just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, and then that's, I, I did this post on LinkedIn. I'm like, probably a good idea not to call yourself an expert in, in anything. Um, I, 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 as part of the interviews, um, you know, like whenever somebody applies to a CRO role, I'll ask them different questions. And then my favorite question is always to ask them, like, hey, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate your Google Analytics knowledge? One, two, four, five. There's no three. One, two, four, <laughs> five. And I would say about 70, 80% of the people that are like, hey, I'm at four or five. Like, okay, great. So I'll tell them, okay, well, let me ask you just a few questions just so I would assess. And I have about four different questions when it comes to Google Analytics. I start with a very easy question, hard, hard, harder, hardest, <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> it's amazing to me how many people who give themselves four or five out of five when it comes to Google Analytics, I start with the easy question and then they just fail at it. And I'm like, come on, you just gave yours, you just said you're an expert in Google Analytics. 
and here, this is my easy question. This is not even my like a oh, little bit harder question. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I tell you, I'm a, I must have interviewed 20, 25 people. I think there's only two people who managed to actually answer all four questions correctly. And most people, I would say 80, 90% failed in the first question. They never even got to hear the second or third question. So nice, nice. So uh, the other thing is, I've been dying to ask you this question. You have been doing like a conversion rate optimization since 2006. Uh, you have done like, I was actually listening to your interview with uh, on the ABM mm. podcast with Yeg. Yeah. yeah. So you say that you have done like probably invest has done like about 23 to 24,000 AB tests. Yeah. Do, do you remember or can you recall one test which surprised you like one which surprised you and the other one which, which was a complete failure like you didn't expect so I, I i tell you the one that surprised me it was a complete failure that's the reason it surprised me mm-hmm. i have this thing so I, I get to speak at conferences all across and then if you've seen me speak at a conference i have very strong opinions about certain things um, I, I hate it by the when people say, well, it depends. I'm like, ah, you're, you're, like, you're taking the easy way out. So I have a certain opinion. And I've always said for e-commerce companies, I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. go ahead and you always have this add to cart button on the category page. You list 50 products and you have the add to cart. And I'm like, I always said, I'm like, it is silly. It is stupid, actually. That's what I would say. Because no one adds an item to the cart from the category page. I want to go to the mm-hmm. product page. I want to examine the product. I want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And still, with all of that, I'm still not sure whether um, I am going to add the item to the cart or not. So um, one thing for sure is like in the testing category pages, I'm like, yeah, just remove that add to cart. So we're working with this one company. And it's a simple test. It's like, let's just remove the add to cart. Because, and we know that actually usually it increases. Like you know, there's lots of like, you know, things that we've done. It increases the flow to the product pages. Um, it just, it doesn't necessarily increase conversions as much as it cleans up the category pages because there's different types of A-B tests. There's A-B tests that you do an A-B test to improve revenue. And sometimes you do A-B tests just to improve usability um, because you're telling people, like, hey, go to the product page. There's no need to be worried about your adding an item to the cart. So we run the A-B test. Lo and behold, the sales of the site drop. Mm. I'm like, what? Why did it drop? I mean, you know, people are adding the item from the product page. And we look, and the first thing that like, you know, our team did the analysis, they came back and they said, no, about 80, 70, 80% of the people are adding the item from the category page. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you have something wrong. You don't understand. You have something wrong with your configuration. Now the team is looking at me because this like really, uh, like, you know, so let, let, let's, let me get this straight. I mean, I, and I can tell this, look, we looked at the data. You didn't look at the data. You're just using whatever like you know knowledge you think you have and i'm like guys i will do this so i go and i do like in a whole bunch and i like write a whole bunch of things and i talk to the client team i launch heat maps i watch videos and guess what yes people are adding an item to the cart from the category page i'm like no way i refuse to believe this and this is not the small site this is a site uh they're i'm not going to mention the, the the company but they're yeah. Their sales of Apple products, uh, that one site is equivalent to the sales of all Apple products in the Middle East and North Africa, that single single mm-hmm. site. 
large. And here we are in an experiment, and within three days, we managed to drop their revenue by so much. <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, okay, the data is very clear. And I look at it, and then it just hits me. It hits me two things. First, I am yet again humbled by people tell me, Khalid, you don't know what you're talking about sometimes. You need to be careful. You need to really look at the data before you launch an experiment. And that's something that we should have done, correct? Done some a little bit of analysis as opposed to being so confident. Um, and that there are specifics to certain markets and certain sites for that particular site, for, for its particular market segment. That's what people did. They added items to the cart from the category page and us removing the add to cart really hurt their conversion rates. So, and, and I remember I, I spoke at a conference after that and I actually mentioned it like two, three other conferences. I'm like, hey guys, just, you probably have heard me speak for the last few years and I've always said this, guess what? I've been taught a hard lesson. What I've said that was stupid to have the add to cart. It was stupid for me to say it was stupid to have the add to cart on the category page. So you, you learn, you know, you learn throughout. And, and that's what's absolutely fascinating about conversion optimization because you're trying to, decipher the human mind or you really are um and and sometimes the human mind surprises you in, in certain ways that you're like huh this is this is interesting nice nice you should of course you should ask i had that question because I, oh my god uh, i hear them you know every time you create an a b experiment mm -hmm. your thought is i've done some analysis i figured out there's an issue possible issue and I'm going to come up with the best way that I can think of to resolve that issue. So you've identified a problem. Here's a solution to it. And you're almost like a doctor, correct? Where you're like, okay, well, it could be one of like, you know, the, the, I see a symptom and it could be one of those like, you know, four or five different diseases and let's try different medicine. So that is very clear and you hit it, you know, especially with experience. Every once in a while you, you do something and you're like, wow, well, this was interesting. Uh, and I, I hear them, like, you know, I hear that, like, you know, the team discussing that where like, Hey, this carpet, I heard them talk about that last week, where they're like, the new design one that we introduced is so much cleaner, so much better. The usability of it is better, but the conversions dropped. And it's always interesting to say, so why is that? Did, did our initial Was our initial hypothesis incorrect? Or did we screw things, something up as we're introducing this, this A-B test? So it's, it, makes, it makes for interesting conversations. I think in like the episode before last or something like that, we actually rated ourselves as a marketeers. And I've known like not everyone is open to talk about, about themselves or like the, the things that they do and, you know, being open to rating themselves. And usually, usually people give themselves much higher like stat, you know, like rating than they actually are. Hence like that the Google Analytics example is killing it. So, yeah. And this is going to be a little bit tricky, but if you were to rank me and Simba from a one to 10, what do you rank? Oh, be, honest. Like, no. be honest, like, no, your honest opinion. Like, we are okay, like, like uh, your honest opinion. Yeah, we are vulnerable. How do you think we can, we can be better? What do you think that we, we've done? Like, where's our yeah. weak spots and where is our strong spots? Like, what, okay. what do you see that we don't see? And okay. that can help yeah, other no, people. I'll, I'll answer the right people. I, yeah, and, and <laughs> I think one thing that you guys have known about me is I'm very transparent, and I try and be as nice as I can, but at the same time, so this this is fascinating. 
to me, um, Simba, we've been working together now for close to three years, correct? Um, yeah. And I've seen the transformation, by the way, from the first job interview up to this point. This has been just fascinating transformation. Um, Simba thinks a lot. Um, uh, whenever you give him something, he's thinking, he thinks about it. He doesn't tell me no, by the way. Rarely does he say no, uh, which is a problem. <laughs> he will think on certain things and he's like... And I'm like, okay, so I'll just add more things and like, you know, um, but I've seen that, for example, when it comes to email, I mean, he, he killed it completely. Just absolutely awesome when it comes to email, when it comes to content marketing. Um, there are certain areas which I feel now he is so much better about where he starts thinking. So you recall some kind of the initial content pieces that you're, you you wrote, and I think you can go back to them. We still we still have I, them. I, I cringe when I look at my first article. <laughs> what did I tell you? I told you like, and I always tell that by the way. Like, no, we have Shireen who just joined the team, and I told her, listen, by the way, the first five six articles that you write, I'm probably going to throw away and not going to be able to use them. I know that it's it's a learning process. Um, but even getting to the point, and, and if you recall, like, somebody, like, and I know you might have been annoyed with me a little bit, and like, hey, we need to focus on content distribution. We need to think about like, you know, how we change. That that's the area where I think Simba is getting to that point where he's he is starting to like step back and say, okay, how can I improve myself? Here's an area that I'm missing. So he does content really well, but like, you know, what he added the component of interviews and reaching out to people that improved. It took a little bit of pushing, correct? <laughs> That's the reality of it. It's like, you gotta do this. And he's like, leave me alone. I'm like, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And I'm like, I know it's gonna be better. And I know that you can do well at it. No, like, you know, you just, if it's gonna take pushing, I will push because it's like, you know, it's by the way, uh, there are instances where I work with somebody and I'm like, eh, okay, I don't see the potential. I really like, you know, I can look, look, measure somebody. The first six months, everybody's going to struggle. I understand that. But after six months, you can see whether somebody's on the right track or no. Like, they're, like you know, they're, they're not the right fit. And with Simba, I'm like, okay, I got to push him here, here, here. Um, I, I think stepping back, that's where you can improve Simba. Uh, stepping back and thinking and, and executing as well. Um, sometimes I think our execution is not as fast as it should be. You know, so that's the one area that I feel that you can improve on to say, you know what, okay, here's what we're going to execute, consistency and execution and, and being fast. So that's the area that I think, like, you know, you can, you can definitely improve, improve on. Mustafa, I will give you here your feedback publicly on the podcast. <laughs> so Mustafa, we've been working together now for how long? Five? About four, four months, five. correct? Yeah, so Mustafa has many good ideas. Um, I think... Um, I, I've been impressed with the content that you write. I think you can improve it. I think you can learn a lot from Simba about like, you know, kind of like, you know, figure out, okay, how do I might take, take my content to the next level? Um, you came in with experience anyways, creating content, correct? And I think if you like, you know, figure out like, okay, how do I connect with other people in the industry? How do I add interviews? How that's going to take your content to you know the, the same level that Simba is at. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a little while, but right now you're writing content. That's that's you know our goal is to have it rank. Now, imagine if you actually uh, think about it differently and say, okay, I'm writing content where I can connect with other people, so they will know about Fikpak. So adding that social element, which is going to enhance your your content. 
but adding that social element that will enhance your content, I think is going to help tremendously. That's number one. Number two is being sharp focused. Sometimes, Mustafa, I feel that you're all over the place. Um, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we? And here's the thing with, with marketing. Lots of it is grunt, hard work consistent hard work no way around it showing up every day doing the work for a year or two years you improve just you just naturally improve because most people are going to drop off after six 12 months you know i've done it it's not working guess what you do it for 12 18 24 months you are gonna you are gonna succeed but most people especially when they're starting out what do they do after 12 months eh, this is not working out i'm gonna walk away and they start from zero and it's kind of this journey versus if you push, 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 you know, just by showing up, you do well. Now, if you show up and you do amazing work, that's a whole other level of success, correct? And that's what I think you will do. You are doing amazing work. Just show up, be consistent, be very focused. Um, I'm somebody, by the way, that's, and maybe just because I'm running the company, I get to do that. But I like focus sometimes. I can have so many great ideas and I can take you guys in a million different directions. And that's the reason we established OKRs at the beginning of the quarter where people tell me, leave us alone. We have our OKRs, which by the way, people don't tell me that enough. Rizal does that, by the way. Um, he's like, also Rizal's been with me for a long time. So he's like, leave me alone. This is what I'm focused on. That's what I'm going to do. You know, and he pushes back, which I appreciate. I, I love it, by the way, when people push back and say, or and you, I can have a discussion with anybody. It's like, hey, you know, and people who've been working with me for a while are very comfortable to say, no, we don't think so. Or here. And, and sometimes there's pluses and minuses to that. Sometimes you, you saw that earlier today, Mustafa, with the, with the meeting with the dev team, where I've been trying to change, change their process. And there's pushback. You know, and I trust them. They are smart. They are super smart. I mean, hire people you trust, trust the people that you hire. That, that's, that's kind of my motto. So. Nice, nice. I'm glad that Mustafa had to ask like that question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you 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 have successfully grown two companies, and I believe that you know a lot about growth marketers and growth marketing. Uh, what do you think are the most are the two most important things when it comes to growth marketing? Like the skills that one has to have. If you can mention like two. Oh man, it's a tough one. One is, I, I think as a growth marketer, you have to be willing to question everything you have to be. And, and it's, it's kind of like, it's not one thing, but like, I would put it in kind of like different areas. You're questioning everything. You're always seeking to, to grow. Um, you were saying, you know what, okay, what can I learn new? Um, you're not rigid, correct? So that's kind of the first thing. You're always kind of growing, thinking, like, you know, asking the right questions um, and not settling down for quick answers. Lots of times people love quick answers and the reality of it's sometimes it requires a little bit of digging, correct? To ask the right question and ask us again and ask a third time and then find the answer. Um, so there's, you know, I always joke about how people whenever you assign them a task, the first question that they ask, like, oh, is there a template for this? Is there a playbook for this? Yeah. And by following the playbook that everybody else is following, they limit themselves. Now, there's place, time, place for playbook. Sometimes, like, it gives you that initial, it's like, okay, how do we do this? You know, what are some of the lessons? I don't need to be repeating the same mistakes that everybody has repeated. But at the same time, having the ability to leave some space for you to grow, some space for you to discover, some space for you to 
um, really come up with your own way of doing things, that is very powerful as a growth marketer. The second thing is consistency. You have to be consistent. Um, you know, you've, you've tested different things, you had different ideas, move forward and be very consistent. Um, that's, I think, what makes amazing growth marketers amazing growth marketers. They're tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are growth marketers and marketing experts, but there are few select ones that you remember, uh, that you're like, oh, wow, you know, they, they do very interesting work. Um, our friend, uh, uh, what is it, uh, from Marketing Examples, uh, is it Terry Dry, correct? Yeah. I mean, the work that he has done there is absolutely impressive, correct? Um, mm -hmm. About how he managed to grow his email list within a year, 25,000, 50,000, and he shares, by the way, his playbook and his, his template is there. Here's exactly what I do. Uh, one, two, three, four. Here's the different sites that I post on. How people are able to replicate that? Not many, you know, because people are not consistent. They don't understand the amount of work that it takes. He gives you the secret. He gives you the formula. And many people are fascinated by that. Oh, this is great. But then how many people do it? Not that, not that many. Think about even A-B testing. I mean... A-B testing as a field, it's been now around for a while. Our book is there. CXL has some amazing courses on, on A-B testing. Um, mm -hmm. But most people are still doing kind of elementary to basic, trying to just kind of wing it um, or have assets. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You got to be consistent. You got to know that in order for you to be a leader, you have to put the investment and put the time. True, true. Okay, we have like less than five minutes left. We usually want to keep like this episode so short. So um, what's next like for you? Uh, what are you, do you have like any major plans, any big plans? Oh man, tough one. So, I mean, my hope in the next 12 months is that we establish a bit more structure and definitely an invest uh, Mm -hmm. uh, where I step away more from, from investment. That's my goal. Um, so it might be bringing on somebody kind of like, you know, in, in leadership to manage that process, maybe like, you know, somebody internally grow and to focus a lot more on FICPI. FICPI is a very interesting problem. Um, it's fascinating problem to me, um, trying to figure out and, and trying to make that work, especially that it's really in a very competitive market, but at the same time, I think it's in a very boring market. Um, and I think it works like, you know, it's in a market where, marketers are kind of used to doing the same thing again and again. Um, there's no innovation. Um, so I, I, I'd like to, within the next six to 12 months, to be very focused, maybe 100% on FigPi. So in order for us to get to that point, it's not, it's not an easy journey because having to step away from certain things, making sure that things are done correctly. People recognize Invesp. Whenever you mention Invesp, it's called an IAT. That's kind of what people recognize. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that's our delivery is is at that level uh, and, and i think we have an amazing team in place to deliver that I and mean, we've been experimenting with that and delivering absolutely amazing killing killing it really the team has done absolutely amazing so but stepping back and knowing when to let go so that that's that's always fascinating that's pretty much all the time we have i have so many questions maybe we'll have you on our next episode maybe every five four five episodes we'll have the special Khaled episodes which is gonna be our our template for having me. I like that. <laughs> no, I appreciate. It. I mean, I I love what you guys are doing. So it's it's an interesting. I love building in public. I love kind of sharing lessons. Um, there is a lot to be learned. So uh, I, I love it. So look forward Thank to you. sharing Thank more guys. and more. 
<laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. See you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to listen to our 30 minutes of marketing podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback or questions that you would like us to answer, please reach out to me or Simba on LinkedIn or Twitter and send us your question. Also, don't forget to give FigPy and Investbit follow on LinkedIn and Twitter as we're going to be sharing some behind the scenes and building in public videos to share all of our stories, not just the marketing, all of the technical stories that will help you grow as we grow.